0: Ho, oh, ho, hello! Welcome to Ono, oh, oh, Ross, oh. and Gary, the Christmas special where we don't just talk about fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but show up ourselves.
1: This time we sit around and we talk about it. A little bit. Well, this is a special extra Christmas episode. ho, ho! ho. We wanted to fill you in on some things that have gone on in the past and uh, give you some exciting news about the future.
0: Yeah. And might I mention we're both wearing Santa hats?
1: We are. So right you can now. picture that. Yeah. Okay. So Merry
0: Christmas, unless you don't celebrate Christmas, in which case, Merry Ordinary Day.
1: We hope you enjoyed your conjunction of Hanukkah and Thanksgiving. It's not happening for another 79,000 years or so.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, Wow. That I'll probably even be dead by then. So first, we have an update, and it's a little bit of like a backdate update, if you will. It's kind of like a...
1: Back that update.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, here's the thing. We didn't tell you guys the whole story about the whole Raelian shaman. Yeah,
1: like we told you that they found out that we had been investigating them. They found out about the podcast. Right. They weren't happy. I mean, found
0: out might not even be the term. It's not like we hit it. But yeah, they... Uh, they discovered the show.
1: Sure. And uh, we were contacted by the local leader of the mm-hmm. Los Angeles chapter, uh, mm-hmm. who was very crestfallen. He was. We had not told him we were reporters.
0: Right. But but then- you guys all know that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've shared no. that. You all know that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and check out Ross and Carrie Goralian. But what we didn't tell you is that they actually sent us a cease and desist letter and asked us to remove the episodes.
1: That's right. They wanted us to remove all public distribution and remove and retract the following defamatory materials about the IRM, International International Radiant Movement, And so that included all film footage and Facebook posts regarding the IRM and its members, and also all allegations and innuendo of pedophilia and group masturbation. Mm -hmm. These are serious allegations that you have not one scintilla of actual evidence to support. Right. Of course, the only problem is that we never said that uh, we had any evidence. We just heard this.
0: Right, right. And we were really careful not to break any laws, and so we... Ignored it. We ignored it. and Respectfully. Respe- yes, exactly. With
1: all due respect.
0: We respectfully ignored it the way you turn around when someone is changing their bottoms. Sure. You respectfully ignore it.
1: That's a great analogy.
0: <laughs> I see what she did. Yeah, it
1: was, it was, uh, never mind. Right.
0: Yeah, like anal. But with two (laughs) (laughs) But the reason we didn't tell you this at the time was because we were kind of being very careful legally and we were in a conversation with lawyers and now Mm -hmm. I feel more comfortable telling you this whole story. So we're able to bring you... All of it and Ross, what happened? After we ignored their first letter, we got a second one.
1: Yeah. The original letter was sent in early June two thousand twelve. And then June seventeenth we were sent a message saying, Since you have not complied, please have your legal representative respond by July seventh, or we will take further action. And I love that the attorneys are called Brimstone and Company. <laughs> right. So we said, Oh, let's have our legal representative respond. So,
0: yes. And we did. So we had a team of lawyers respond to them Colleen Flynn and Matthew Strugar, who Mm -hmm. are two lawyers who often represent free speech issues and uh, accusations of libel that are unfounded. Yes. So they went to bat for us and sent what might be the best letter (laughs) of all time.
1: I clapped after I read it. (laughs) It's so pretty amazing.
0: Beautiful. That we want to read it to you.
1: We will read highlights to you. It is a long letter, but we will post the entire thing for your viewing pleasure.
0: And so we'll try to do this in as dramatic a reading voice as possible. So if you will picture a reenactment on E with someone dramatically flailing their arms about as they say these words.
1: Are we like in period garb?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. What well, I love that you just say period garb. and
1: I'm leaving I, it open to the imagination. could be any period. I'm imagining like late 1700s. Oh,
0: I just pictured a woman with a pad, like a menstrual pad, period garb.
1: No, you didn't. No, I didn't. It's ridiculous. I pictured
0: someone in Victorian dress. Okay.
1: I was thinking like powdered wig.
0: I'm going to picture someone in Victorian dress on her period. Okay. Here we go. Dear Mr. Levy, this letter is in response to your Quote, notice to cease and desist letters delivered to Mr. Ross Blotcher and Ms. Carrie Poppy.
1: I have reviewed your cease and desist letters as well as the rulings and various pleadings in International Raelian Movement versus Hasham Films et al. Your letters demand Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy. Cease and desist publicly distributing, as well as remove and retract, a variety of material you identify as defamatory or derogatory, including all photographs and videos regarding the international Raelian movement, all allegations or innuendo of pedophilia and group masturbation, as well as any other false or derogatory statements about the Raelian movement or its members.
0: Your letter contains sweeping and unsupported demands. As a general matter, you fail to identify, with any particularity, what it is you believe is defamatory in Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy's statements, photographs, or videos. Without some specificity, it is nearly impossible to evaluate your claims that the material is in some way defamatory.
1: The International Raelian Movement and Mr. Vorilhon are clearly public figures for all purposes, in which Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy discuss them, and the International Raelian Movement is clearly a matter of public concern. For instance, the International Raelian Movement runs a prominent website regarding the movement, www.rail.org appears to be closely tied to CloneAid, an organization that claimed to have cloned a human being in 2002 and appears to have recently sponsored a swastika rehabilitation day, flying banners containing swastikas across the United States and worldwide.
0: Consequently, any defamatory statements must contain a false statement of fact that was made with actual malice. I have reviewed Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy's podcasts, and I fail to find any statements of fact that could even arguably be defamatory. In discussing allegations of sexual abuse within the international railing movement, Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy go to great lengths to explain that they have no personal knowledge of any of these allegations, and expressly claim they had no similar experience experience. experience.
1: In addition, the only statement arguably addressing group masturbation includes repeated qualifiers that Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy, quote, heard stories about things that happened the other days they were not there, end quote. Similarly, the only claim that might arguably deal with pedophilia simply referenced a third-party article that is also referenced on the Raelian's own website, and they give the link.
0: Which is at their own website. If you believe Google results and referencing third-party articles constitutes defamation, I suggest you direct your cease and desist letter to Google and the operator of your client's website, among other parties. (laughs) Your dispute does not seem to properly be with Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy.
1: With regard to photographs and videos, Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy clearly have a right to take and distribute material regarding the international Raelian movement. See generally U.S. Constitutional Amendment 1, ACLU versus Alvarez, and other cases. Your claim that the videos and photographs are somehow defamatory is puzzling, especially given the falsity threshold requirement for defamation. If you believe certain photographs are falsified, please identify those photographs or videos specifically, along with the basis for your belief that they are both falsified and otherwise defamatory.
0: Similarly, the First Amendment protects Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy's right to disseminate, quote, derogatory statements about the Raelian movement or its members, unquote, so long as they do not fall within very limited exceptions, such as incitement to violence, a true threat of physical violence, or solicitation to commit a crime.
1: Finally, as to your claim that Quote, many of these same false accusations were litigated and found to be false in the California federal case of International Railing Movement versus Hasham Films et al. That suit involves unrepresented defendants in an alleged scheme of racketeering, fraud, blackmail, and extortion. I am not persuaded by a citation to a default judgment in a case that includes entirely separate legal claims than the ones you are asserting against Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy in your letters. If you believe Mr. Blotcher and or Ms poppy are involved in an alleged scheme of racketeering fraud blackmail and/or extortion please state your position clearly along with any evidence you have to support such an accusation I am even less persuaded by your vague claim that quote another libel lawsuit has been pending in the United Kingdom regarding similar defamatory statements end quote as the United Kingdom is a distinct legal jurisdiction does not have a First Amendment or substantially parallel protection, and has no bearing on the legal protections afforded Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy's speech.
0: For all the foregoing reasons, I have advised Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy they are well within their rights to ignore your baseless letters, as there is nothing they are doing that requires them to cease and desist. You may hold your own opinions as to desirability of Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy's statements, but your opinion in this instance is without legal or factual support.
1: Please be advised that if you persist in this matter, Mr. Blotcher and Ms. Poppy will use every legal remedy available to them to vindicate their rights. I remind you that California has vigorous protections against strategic lawsuits against public participation, slap suits, including a mechanism for a special motion to strike and the provision of attorney's fees and costs.
0: If you wish to discuss this matter further, including identifying the allegedly defamatory material and or providing legal authorities for your position, please feel free to contact me. So Colleen and Matthew sent this amazing, hilarious letter. It's so good. And that's uh, on our website at onopodcast.com. And it's also on our Facebook page when this episode airs. And then what happened?
1: They sat on that for almost a month, and we thought, oh, maybe they're done now. Right. They sent an email back on the 14th, a letter to our... The
0: day after my birthday.
1: ...legal counsel. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. A very merry birthday to you. (laughs) And they said... Okay, well, we don't want to get into this hypothetical discussion about I mean, it's legal not like we're lawyers or something. We don't want to get into the whole. <laughs> I mean, we don't totally agree aspect. with all your assessments, but and then they do start to name some particulars of things that they want us to edit out of the episodes. right. Now, now that's what they're asking for us. For.
0: Uh, edit out of the episodes and it's sort of implied that we should say those things weren't true.
1: Right. make yeah. some sort of public statement. We're sorry, um, we take it back.
0: So again, Colleen and Matthew. Go back to them and say... Great, thanks for expressing what your complaints actually were, and let me tell you why those complaints make no sense.
1: Right, and just kind of restating, again, what they'd have to prove, and saying essentially, you know, if you want to bring this on, do it. Right,
0: This'll right. This would be fun. And one of my favorite parts is that Colleen and Matthew had said in their first letter something about how the Aurelian's lawyer had said, oh, you shouldn't mess with us because, you know, we're suing someone else in the UK. Mm-hmm. And Colleen and Matthew said, well, the UK is a distinct legal entity with, Completely different laws and
1: protections, yeah. And
0: when they responded, they said, I don't know why you care that the UK is so distant. And Colleen and Matthew were like, Not distant. Distinct. <laughs> well, we agree that the UK is far away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was genius. It's
0: really great. So anyway, please Making do fun. check out those letters.
1: And we did offer them to come on our show.
0: We, we did. Yeah, we said you know one thing.
1: Feel free to send a representative to clear the air. We can talk about this with them. Right. That was our olive branch that we extended.
0: I think we even said you can review the final edit of the. Oh, I think so. The episode. I think yeah. So. Yeah. So we really did try, but after that third letter, I think they decided they were not going to try to intimidate us into silence. Yeah,
1: I think the aim here was just to frighten someone yeah. into submission and Oh, no, I don't want to deal with lawyers. Right. So we were very lucky to have some good legal counsel on hand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely recommend those two lawyers. So if you need their names, just email us. Absolutely. So anyway, we wanted to give this some time to make sure that's all we were going to hear from them for the time being. And now we feel like we can share this story with you.
1: I think this is a good time to shout out to our donors.
0: Okay. Donors. I'm not going to stop you.
1: Many this month. Thank you very much, but we're going to name some particularly generous donors.
0: Jonathan Schmidt from Australia.
1: Jonathan. Hello. And David James. We do not know where he's from, but thank you. Woo! He's from the heart.
0: Our old friend Martin Dempsey, Dempsey from the UK. Woo!
1: And Robert Carteret from Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Woo! Ohio. Thank you, Robert.
0: Andrew Stein from Australia, hello. Oh, I didn't even mean to do an Australian accent as I said that. I just automatically was like Australia, which is a terrible, <laughs> terrible accent. It's like a Finding Nemo Australian accent. Anyway, thank you.
1: Thank you. And Chris Rock, we would like to give you a special shout out and a Merry Christmas from your wife, Alisa.
0: And I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Chris Rock listens to the show. Yes, he does. Uh, now, Ross, uh, Ross, Ross, Ross. Yes. It's Christmas Day. A ho, 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 oh, ho. Ho, 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 <laughs> ho. I personally love to give and receive gifts. Yes. And one of those gifts that I love to give and receive is backing good art.
1: Sure. Right. Yeah.
0: That's the the best gift of all.
1: I consider myself a patron of the arts. Oh,
0: do you? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Well, then you should back my documentary, which you have, but <laughs> it's called Sedona. Yes. And I'm making it with Brian Thompson and Adam Isaac, who are two other wonderful journalist, performers, Lovely
1: and talented producers. gentlemen.
0: Yes, indeed. Very lovely.
1: Very talented. Which
0: of them would you make out with if you had to make out with one or the other?
1: I've never met Adam in person. So. Oh, okay. So Brian. Sure.
0: Okay. Great. So now that that's all settled.
1: Glad we've aired that out.
0: (laughs) Should this documentary get made, I will be the host of it and we will be going to Sedona. Not you and I. You're not coming.
1: No. But But, Oh, no. Oh, no. But you get a more in-depth view of Sedona and the people who live therein and the things that they do with visuals.
0: (laughs) Yes, with visuals because it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) It
1: would be a really (laughs) boring movie otherwise.
0: So it's all the New Age community in Sedona, the Vortexes, the healers. Look,
1: basically you want to see this.
0: It's going to be amazing. If you like this
1: podcast, you want to see this documentary.
0: So, But here's the thing. We have to raise $20,000 by January 1st to make this movie happen. And the way to make it happen is to go to Kickstarter, look up Sedona, and give us some of your hard-earned money so that we can make this movie. But don't worry. We'll give you something back. You can get a DVD you can get a special quartz crystal that's brought to one of the vortexes in Sedona. You can get your name at the end of the film, which Ross Blotcher did. I did. Yeah. So anyway, please, 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 if you have a dollar or two dollars or a thousand dollars to spare, go to <laughs> kickstarter.com and type in Sedona. Do it. Um, And Ross, we have sort of um a sad
1: update. A- another update, yeah. Yeah,
0: another update that's a little darker.
1: About our friends at the Kabbalah Center.
0: So this is a callback to our very first Episode. If you haven't heard that episode, you really should because we really hadn't gotten the audio right, and there are parts where we sound oh, like demons. Goodness, it's a total. Part I don't know if I could listen to that again. History. Uh huh. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so the first thing that we did as a podcast duo was go to the Kabbalah Center, check it out. That's where we first encountered hot drinks on our investigations.
1: Right, and even before we were a podcast, we went there. Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> that's kind of how we decided to be one. So they are near and dear to our hearts, but it turns out they are being sued. By a group of people who are saying that they were encouraged to give until it hurts. They were made Mm -hmm. to give, well, not made, they weren't forced, but they were sort of coerced into giving a ton of money. Which um, was then misused. Right, which wasn't used for its intended purposes. So they were told that they would be used for specific projects. building
1: fund and charitable causes. Right. uh, More than a million dollars.
0: And then that didn't happen. And meanwhile, it appeared that the people working there were getting uh, a little bit richer and richer. So, we're waiting to see what pans out with this lawsuit. We don't know yet, but we'll keep you abreast.
1: It was a rough year overall for the Kabbalah Center, as they also lost Rabbi Philip Berg, or Rav Berg, as they referred to him, Mm -hmm. who was the founder of the Kabbalah Center and decided it would be a good idea to share Jewish mysticism, which had normally been a cloistered, very Mm insider-only area of study, to the masses. Right. So he passed away this past September at the age of 86.
0: Oh, wow. Right. Bold age.
1: Although some news reports put it at 84. A lot of debate.
0: Yeah. And it was actually kind of a heavy year as far as deaths go in the spirituality communities. Right.
1: Who else did we lose? We
0: lost our friend Sylvia Brown.
1: She passed away at 77, although she had predicted.
0: That she would die at 88.
1: Yeah. That was her psychic prediction. So, oops. Missed that one. Missed that one. She was known for missing many other predictions, uh, telling Mm -hmm. grieving parents that they're Children were missing when, uh, or you know, that their ab-
0: missing. Children were alive,
1: absconded, yeah, and alive somewhere, like in a foreign country, when they were really dead, miles from and the home, and
0: vice versa.
1: And yeah. that some alive children are dead, right? So farewell to Sylvia. We were going to call her up for an episode, and we were. It's just not going to happen now. Goodbye, Sylvia. We won't be able to pay her seven hundred something dollars for twenty minutes of conversation. Yeah,
0: yeah. it would have been would have been fun, dead. but uh, that's I, how she talks. Yeah, like that. Because yeah, she smoked she too much. It would have, you know, we always kind of have a little trouble with whether to pay certain people that we think are kind of pulling the wool over other people's eyes. Because most of the people we meet with we think right. are are totally sincere. But with Sylvia, I really had my doubts, so I didn't really want to give her $700. So I know. A, there's a bit of good and bad there.
1: Right. I, it can be argued that she was not self-deluded Right. She kind of knew what she was doing.
0: I suspect that's so. And in fact, actually, there's a really great article by John Ronson, the Guardian journalist.
1: Fantastic writer.
0: Yes, a wonderful writer. Yeah, he wrote about visiting with Sylvia Brown on a cruise, and it's a great article. And everyone should go look it up.
1: I remember that one. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, also, this year we lost Harold Egbert Camping.
0: Harold Camping. Harold who Camping. I have been a fan of since I was 17.
1: Yeah, you'd been following him for a long time. You know, I hadn't heard of him until the more recent end of the world that he predicted. Uh-huh. He had originally predicted that the world would end in 1994.
0: Uh, That was his second time.
1: Oh, really? Uh, yes, there was there were one three before
0: times, that. Yeah, but that was the more publicized one. Okay. And then the most publicized one was... Very recently, that was 2011. Um, and
1: there were posters but everywhere and people selling their fortunes because they not knew- Not just
0: posters, billboards.
1: Billboards, that's yeah. right. People expecting- those, the,
0: those big hard posters you see on the side of the road, those big hard posters.
1: Expecting that uh, Jesus Christ would come back to planet Earth on yep. May 21st, 2011. 21st. So they're all warning us to repent. Yep. And uh, that the end is nigh. And his his math for this was hilarious. He actually used the conversion factor of, you know, for the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. Right. So it's like, now we can multiply that by this right. symbolic 40 days and 40 nights. He and
0: God was being very literal with that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we all love numerology, but uh, it was taken Do to a bit of a work. stretch. But, oh, and that was from the days of Noah. That's what he was counting from, right. from like the day of the flood. Like we know that.
0: Right. He, he knew that to the day.
1: There is a flood, and this is when it happened. Right.
0: But to Harold Camping's credit, talk about sincere. I think that guy meant it.
1: Like Definitely.
0: When it didn't happen, he was crushed. He came out and said, I'm so sorry. I must have been wrong. I'm going to pray about this. He didn't make another prediction. He said, I was just wrong. I've sinned gravely. And all that money that came in went into billboards. I went to Family Radio International on the rapture day right uh, in Oakland, and that's a tiny little meager building, and he has a the, tiny modest house or had.
1: There was an in-between period, too, because he'd originally made two predictions that right. Jesus would return on the 21st of May and then that the world would be destroyed on October 21st. Right. And so when nothing happened on the first time, he said, "Oh well, this was a spiritual, right? A spiritual rapture, but world's still going to end on October 21st." So he did stick to right. his guns on that one for a second. But then you're right; he actually did, and this is, uh, as far as I know, unprecedented actually admit, you know, I was wrong and I was humbled and you know. He
0: said I've sinned gravely. I mean, that's a serious admission.
1: Yeah. And he was already well advanced in age. So yeah. he lived to see the world not end, but then passed away very recently at the age of 92.
0: Goodbye, Harold Camping. I Bye, Harold. I will miss Brother Camping. He
1: seemed like a sweet guy.
0: Yeah. And he had oh my god, Ross, his radio show was so great.
1: Family yeah, radio.
0: Yeah, he, he always had open forum where he'd answer questions. <laughs> he'd finish every call with, thank you for calling and sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and then move on Very to good. the next one. He was great. So, Ross, we have one final thing to announce on this, our Christmas episode of Ona, Ross, and Gary. And it's some pretty big news.
1: What more could I get?
0: Well, I guess- What more is there? You could find out that Ona, Ross, and Gary, the show that has been on for almost three years as an independent podcast, has finally found its podcasting network family.
1: Christmas is the perfect time for family.
0: Yes! With Maximum Fun.
1: (laughs) Maximum Fun. yeah that's as much fun as you can have (laughs) they're well known for their comedy podcast
0: fun yes they make (laughs) comedy and culture podcasts it's a wonderful network they have some of my favorite shows um throwing shade which might be my favorite podcast besides ours
1: i'm rather jealous of stop podcasting yourself because that's one of the best podcast names ever
0: yeah pretty clever my brother my brother and me Sawbones, Sawbones. The Memory Palace, Bullseye, which is on NPR. Bullseye, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great network. I am so thrilled to be on it. And starting January 1st, you will start to hear more about our relationship with Max MaxFun because that's our official launch date.
1: A full investigation. So we're yeah. excited to share that with you.
0: And that will also have just some small changes about how the donation process will work so you can still support us. We will still 100% be listener supported. We still need your help very, 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 very much. So on that January 1st episode, we'll tell you how that changes for you and it should be pretty easy.
1: But nothing changes with the podcast. Nope. Still going to do our investigation? Still once a month?
0: That, the only change is that you'll maybe hear once or twice about some other shows on the network that we like and we'll only tell you about the good ones and none of the bad ones don't Mm, worry which between you and me none of them are bad but still
1: this will allow us to get to a bigger audience yeah but continue to provide the same entertainment
0: yeah and we're really really excited it's all good people woohoo woohoo so I hope you're all as excited as we are we hope that your Christmas is merry and that if it's if you don't like Christmas then uh, it sucks yeah. I hope your day I hope your day sucks just like you want. I just want whatever makes you happy, sweetie.
1: <laughs> just a day like any other day. Let's right. wish them that. Oh, okay. With, a, with an extra podcast. You're, right. You're you welcome. This.
0: And you know what? If when it's over you're sad, just turn it back on.
1: Well, that's it for our show. Our producer is Ian Kramer.
0: And our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
1: Visit us on the web at onopodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash onrack. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us. And remember...
0: Santa is just Satan with the letters rearranged.
1: Oh, yeah.